rejoice this morning because we serve a risen Savior. Amen. Let's stand together. Turn to page 186 in your hymn book. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Let's sing it out together on that first verse. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living. Whatever men may say, I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need Him, He's always near. Christian, let's smile and sing this morning, all right? Rejoice, rejoice, oh Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good. this morning. I'll tell you what, the verse there at the top of that page, I don't always read these, but it says, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. We serve a risen savior this morning. We have every reason to have a smile on our face today. Amen. Well, it's good to have you in the Lord's house today. We're so thankful you chose to be here. Good to have Brother Ed Blanchett here this morning. And we're looking forward to hearing him preach here in just a bit. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we open uh, together this morning. Brother Alan Quinlan, would you pray for us as we begin?
Amen. You may be seated this morning. Just a few announcements. We actually don't have a whole lot compared to what we've been having over the last few weeks. Uh, we've come through a lot of exciting times over the last month, and God has been good to us. Amen. And uh, if you did not hear, of course, we finished Vacation Bible School a few weeks ago, and uh, 17 souls were saved during that time, praising the Lord for that. And uh, we're getting ready to start school next Monday. And all the students said, oh. Anyway, uh, we're going to start school next Monday. We're looking forward to uh, getting that off the ground. Do be in prayer for Pastor Stewart and uh, Miss Natalie and Emily are gone. They took Emily with them. And uh, they're in uh, at Landmark Baptist Church in Indiana uh, for a revival meeting for the next few days. So be uh, in prayer for that. I know he would appreciate that. He texted me this morning already. He said, I'm praying for you and the church and the services this morning. I'll tell you what, I'm thankful for a pastor that prays for his church and uh, even while he's away. And so just a blessing. Uh, so we're looking forward to a good day. Of course, good to have, I said, Brother Ed Blanchett and his family with us this morning, pastoring in Halstead, Kansas. How long have you been there? Ten years? 14 years in Halstead, Kansas. My goodness, time flies. But uh, Brother Ed Blanchett and I go way back to college and don't listen to any stories he tells you. So um, but, uh, we're thankful that he and his family are able to be with us this morning. Looking forward to a good day in the Lord's house. Um, other than school starting up, uh, the only other announcement we have is don't forget men. If you're going to go to the men's recharge at the end of September, there's a sign-up sheet out there. Um, I was asked if if, uh, if we split a room, if it's cheaper, I don't know the answer to that question, but that's a, that's a pastor question when he comes back, okay? But uh, make sure and sign up if you're interested in going. Uh, and if you're interested in a hotel room, put a hotel up beside your name. But sign up for there uh, on those sign-up sheets on your way out. And ladies, if you didn't sign up for the Berean retreat, it, I don't know that it's too late, but you'd have to talk to Miss Natalie about that. But I know the sign-up sheets are not there anymore, so uh, just keep that in mind. All right? Let's go ahead and turn to page number one, uh, 221. Page number 221. Page number 221. How firm a foundation. I want you to really listen to the words as you're singing this this morning. What an encouraging song this is. Let's sing it out together. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said to you who for refuge to Jesus hath led in every condition, in sickness and health, in poverty's veil, or abounding in wealth, at home and abroad, on the land, on the sea, as your days may demand, shall your strength ever be. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine in down to old age all my people shall prove my sovereign eternal unchangeable love and when whitened hairs shall their temples adorn like lambs they shall still 
in my bosom be born. For not I am with thee, O be not dismayed, for I am thy God, and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my righteous omnipotent hand. The soul that on Jesus hath lead for repose, I will not, I will not desert to its foes. That soul, though all hell, should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. Somebody say amen this morning. My goodness, let's stand once again. Turn to page 232. Page number 232. Grace that is greater than our sin. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt.
The instruments are going to continue to play. Let's get around and shake hands together this morning. Good to have each one of you here. Glad some are visiting back with us again today. never do this, but I could not help but look at the verse at the top of this page too this morning. It says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And then I looked at verse number three. Look at verse number three. If you lost that page, it's 232. Dark is the stain that we cannot hide. Can't hide your sin from God. But what can avail to wash it away? Look, there's flowing a crimson tide. And whiter than snow you may be today, whether you're in this room or listening online, I just want to tell you this morning, doesn't matter what you've done, what sins are in your past, God's grace is greater. And his blood can wash those sins white as snow. Let's sing that verse again, verse number three. We're going to go a cappella on that chorus. Just lift it up to the Lord this morning. Dark is the stain that we cannot hide. What can avail to wash it away? Look, there is flowing a crimson tide. Whiter than snow you may be today. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. Amen. Great singing, Brother Tim.
Uh, men can come forward for the offering. I'd like to read to you from Romans chapter 8 and verse 37. He says, Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Brother Carr, would you pray for the offering this morning? Amen. You may be seated. Turn to page 167. Page 167. Calvary covers it all. Sing it with me on the first verse. Far dearer than all that the world can impart was the message that came to my heart. How that Jesus alone for my sin with it. 
this Jesus, my crucified Lord. My redemption complete, I then found at his feet, and Calvary covers it all. Calvary covers it all. My past with its sin and stain, my guilt and despair, Jesus took on him thankful it's all covered this morning amen you may be seated wonderful singing today <clears throat> right after mrs quinlan comes and sings this morning where blanchette's going to come and preach to you i know having been just gone through a bible college with him 20 years ago I'm, uh, you know it's just unbelievable time flies but um he's a he's a student of the word of god he's a man of god and so just listen pay attention this morning as he preaches and let the lord speak to you this morning um i was going to try and think of a, of a funny story to tell you but I don't have any. So. I was a good kid. He was a good, <laughs> he was a good kid. I was probably the bad one. So, um, But uh, it's good to have him here, and uh, just I know he'll be a blessing to you. So Mrs. Quinlan, come right ahead. Describe its beauty as upon the stem it grows, matchless in its glory, the tender little rose. When its petals are broken, its greatest beauty it shows, for more sweeter the Sweet is the fragrance. 
Ms. Quinlan, appreciate that special. Tell you what, how sweet indeed is the great salvation that God's ability has provided for us. What a blessing. The greatest thing provided to meet our greatest need, and what a blessing. So thankful for that. I'd like to invite you to take your Bibles this morning. Turn to Joshua chapter number 2. Joshua chapter number 2. And if you're able to, we invite you to stand this morning as we read the scriptures. Joshua chapter number 2. I want to talk to you this morning for the next few moments about the encouragement of God's ability. The encouragement of God's ability. Joshua chapter number 2. And uh, we're going to begin in verse number 22, although... We're going to discuss a little bit of the the previous part of the text, uh, but verses 22 through verse number 24 is going to be primarily our text here this morning. But the Bible says in verse number 22, And they went and came unto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them, throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. I want to talk to you this morning again about the encouragement of God's ability. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll let you be seated. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the precious gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, He's the reason why we have hope. He's the reason why we have life. He's the reason why we are able to stand before you clothed in righteousness, not because of anything that we could ever do, 
Not that anything we could ever earn, but all because of what Jesus has done and provided for us. We thank you so very much. And how sweet indeed uh, is that rose of Sharon. God, we thank you so much for our Savior. Lord, we pray and ask this morning as we look into the text and as we consider just a simple thought about uh, the ability of God and the encouragement that we're able to have from it. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would have permission to speak to each one of our hearts. I pray that you might help us to have our ears open and our hearts that they would be tender and teachable here today. Father, I ask and I pray that you'd be with my mouth Help me as I endeavor to communicate just a simple thought that I believe you'd have for us this morning. And Lord, we just want to pray that you would just guide and direct. Lord, I I depend upon you. I need you. And I look to you for strength. Lord, Jesus said, for without me, you can do nothing. And Lord, I acknowledge that humbly and I ask for your strength today. And I thank you for the ability that you'll give to be able to just uh, be a blessing to this precious church. Lord, we thank you for them. We ask your blessings now upon this time, and we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can go ahead and be seated. I do want to say thank you to uh, Pastor Stewart for the opportunity to be able to come and uh, be a blessing to you. I pray that it'll be a blessing, that when the day's over with, it'll be a blessing. And uh, that's the desire. We just want to be an encouragement to you. Uh, But I want you to think about encouragement is encouraging, isn't it? Uh, I think about that, that we as people, that all of us appreciate encouragement, that we appreciate when somebody comes along and uh, maybe just is there for us. Uh, I think about different times in my life where I've just felt alone and where I've just, you know, you, sometimes you can be in a crowd of people and still feel alone. And I'm so thankful when God has sent somebody along that just he uses to be that encouragement. Their presence is steady. And even in the most difficult moments, when you just feel like you're all alone, you can look over and you can know that person's there. And uh, they're there with me through this moment and through that time. And we appreciate that. We, we go through valleys and different difficulties and, and times where there's just a lot of question marks that come into our mind. And I'm thankful for a God that's present and that stays with us and that encourages us and that demonstrates that presence and that encouragement through somebody. Uh, Sometimes we uh, can uh, have that encouragement that might come to us by way of a word that somebody says. I think about sometimes that that somebody will come along and they'll just say something just at the right time. And you needed that. You needed to hear that. Maybe you thought, man, I just, this is a mess. Uh, I tried to make this work. I tried to put this together. and, And you think all of my hard work, all of my diligence, I'm failing. And yet somebody comes along and they just encourage you. Hey, you'll get it. You know, I, I think about when you're sitting there and you're looking at those math problems. When you're sitting there and you're looking at that test and you're like, oh my, that project is due at college and you're like, oh no. And yet you feel like you're so far behind and yet somebody comes along and what do they do? They encourage you. And what a blessing, how encouraging encouragement is. And we think about that where uh, encouragement comes along and what does it do? It puts wind in our sails that, that maybe perhaps it brings us to a place where our faith gets strengthened or where there's a degree of resolve then that comes because of it, that we receive that encouragement and it accomplishes a great purpose in our lives. And uh, Encouragement comes sometimes by what someone does for you. Sometimes it comes in a host of other ways, but God knows exactly when and how to give us the encouragement that we need. And we might say this way, that encouragement is encouraging. And we're all thankful when that encouragement comes 
to us. Uh, what a blessing it is when God uses us to be able to be an encouragement to somebody else, to help be a strength to them, to help them maybe in a moment where they're the lowest and where they feel like, you know what, I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it or be able to go further. Uh, and yet God uses us in that way. And what a blessing uh, when that is. And the reason why I say all that is because the passage before us in a lot of ways communicates encouragement. Where we're going to see two men that God is going to use to bring an encouraging message to the people of God that they might be encouraged about what God has already told them and what God has already revealed. Because one of the things that God has been doing as we make our way through Joshua and as you would read through Joshua, you would look and you would see that God has said some things. In Joshua 1 where we were at in Sunday school, God has said some things. He's made some big promises that he has, he has essentially set the gauntlet out as to what he is going to do. And yet now we're going to see that as these men return and the message that they bring, it's going to essentially affirm and confirm those very things that God has been saying all along. They're going to see that, that much more unfold. And what a blessing that we're going to see that. Because we see how the spies in faith speak of God's ability and that brings great encouragement. In faith, they speak of God's ability, and that brings great encouragement. And just a simple thought that I'd like to communicate to you this morning is simply this, that faith in God's ability brings encouragement for victory. Faith in God's ability brings encouragement for victory. Uh, Notice there, it's not faith in you and what you can do. If you're looking at you and what you can do, you'll probably be discouraged. Faith is, not, faith is not in me and what you see. Because if your faith is in me and what you see, you'll probably be discouraged fairly easily. But faith in God and His ability, here's what it's going to do. It's going to encourage you greatly. Because God is able to do exceedingly, the Bible says, abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to encourage you that faith in God's ability will bring encouragement uh, for victory in your life. And I just want to point out two features from our text here this morning that just describe the encouraging thing that we find here, that, that there's encouragement that we find. And I want to show you a protection that was encouraging. We're going to see here in our text that there's a protection that is encouraging. We think about all of that. We'll talk about it here in a moment. Uh, But then there's another feature that communicates a pronouncement that was encouraging as well. Because not only was there a protecting that brings encouragement that causes us to say, praise God. But then there's also a pronouncement that also brings that response to us as well. And so I want to point to verse number 22 again, where the Bible says, and they went and came unto the mountain and abode there, Three days until the pursuers were returned, and the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So I want you to think about this uh, first feature, and and, and particularly uh, the place of protection and the problem uh, for protection. Okay, now notice there that the spies have come, Joshua has sent two. Joshua originally was part of twelve. And maybe he learned his lesson. Two are better. Because two are good, and if two were good then, two will be good now. But he sends two. And these two, they come. Uh, chapter 2, and the earlier part, would tell us that would come to Rahab the harlot's house. And God is very specific to tell us the kind of 
past that this woman had, uh, the type of life that this woman lived. And maybe it wouldn't have been as awkward to see men, strange men, going to this woman's house. So these men, they go to her house. And as they go to her house, we find something very interesting because talk is already throughout the town. Hey, there's some strangers in town, okay? I live in a small town, okay? And uh, when anything, when a new dog rolls into town, everybody's like, hey, see that strange dog roaming the streets? Yeah, I know. There's a new cat in the neighborhood. Oh, well, yeah, I saw that too. No, there's a lot that gets talked about that seemingly is very insignificant. Somebody new comes into town here in Olathe. Maybe the people in the general vicinity might know, but probably not everybody's talking about it. But here in this, in this small town of Jericho, this fortified city, they had seen these two strangers come in. And it didn't take them long to connect the dots. To connect the dots to know these guys are likely from Israel, They're spies. They're coming to spy out the land. They're dangerous. They tell the king. The king says, get the guards out after him. And they send the guards. The guards come to Rahab's house. They knock on the door and Rahab opens the door and they're like, bring out the spies. We want them now. Rahab says, I don't know what you're talking about. There there were a couple of guys here, but they left right about the time they shut the gate, I think. You know, if they're spies, you better go out there and get them. I mean, they just left. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll go. So off they go. And what does she do? She's purposefully deceptive. So why would she do that? Why would she lie to her own people? Why would she purposefully shield these spies? We're not going to talk about it today, but you can go back and read it. Rahab was deceitful on purpose because she had already made a decision. A decision to say, I'm done with an old life. I'm done with trusting in this power and and these gods and this lifestyle and all this, I'm I'm done with that. And I recognize and I understand that your God, notice she would tell them, your God is the true God. He is the living God. We've heard about what he did to the Egyptians at the Red Sea. We heard what he's done to Og and Sihon, the the kings of the Amorites. We, We are aware and we're scared. We're terrified. And it's, it's astounding to me that there weren't more people in that town willing to make peace with Israel. But here's what we find that Rahab is willing to do. She's willing to cast herself at the mercy of God. She is willing to say, I, I, am, I am coming to God wholeheartedly seeking His mercy, seeking His grace, seeking His forgiveness. We're going to find that God's going to do something amazing with Rahab. Read down into the pages of your Bible and into the New Testament. Man, Rahab ends up in a lot of interesting places, including the line of Christ and the the hall of faith, the great hall of fame of faith. she's, She's there in both of those places. Why? Because she made a decision for God to trust Him, to depend upon Him. What did she do? The Bible tells us that she shielded these spies that she hid them in the stalks of flax that were on her roof, that she had laid those in order. They go in there. She covers them over. She covers for them, sends the guards on their way. And then before they go, she tells them, she says, here's the deal. Give me a token of of a promise. I, I want a promise to know that you'll spare my life when you guys come into the land. But not just me. I want you to spare my family. My mom, my dad, my brothers, my sisters, my, my relatives, spare my family. 
So here's what they say. They say, okay, here's the deal. When we come into the land, you hang a cord. And you hang that scarlet cord from your window, the cord that you're letting us down now by. And we, if, if you're in the house and if your family's in the house, they're protected because this cord is there. And that'll be the token. If anybody is killed in the struggle, it's on us if we come into your house. But if they're out there doing their own thing, sorry, that's on them. They agree. She lets them go. But here's what she tells them to do. She tells them to do something that is a little bit against conventional wisdom. Okay? If you're running from the enemy, where do you think you'd run first? I'd run home. I'd run as fast as I could to the place of greatest protection. Okay? I would run back to my camp. I would try to get behind my protected lines. Because that's the best place to be. Okay? But I want you to see how Rahab doesn't send them back towards Israel. She sends them in a place that might be opposite of conventional wisdom. Notice the Bible tells us that she tells them to get to the mountain. And I want you to think about this, okay? The mountain was in the opposite direction of where the soldiers went, but also where their camp was as well, because the soldiers' thought was this. The soldiers' thought was they're headed back across the river, so we're going to get to the river as fast as we can and hopefully capture them and head them off. But notice they go instead to a mountain. The Bible says, and they went and came unto the mountain. I want you to see that God providentially is going to protect them there in this mountain, that they went to a place, moreover, where God was going to conceal them in this place. And God had this place of protection where they could and would be kept safe from their enemies and from the discovery. It was said that the mountains around that area were filled with caves and caverns and that you could hide there and be protected, well protected and well covered and shielded in that place and that nobody could find you in there because of the nature of those caverns. There were so many, they were so numerous, it would take so long to be able to find them all. And so Rahab, noticed she knows the territory. She's familiar with all of that. So she sends them to a place where they will be protected, and God uses that information and takes them to that place of protection. And I want you to think about this, okay? They're headed there to that place. Why? Because they believe Rahab is on their side. Because they're trusting God is leading through her advice. And so they go and they stay. And they're protected, as we'll see here, for a specific period of time. But I want to say it this way, that God is able to protect His people if they'll follow His wisdom. I want you to think about the protection for the soul that God provides through His Son, Jesus Christ. And I want you to think about how it's against conventional wisdom. Isn't it interesting how people, we as people try to earn the things that we get? What do I got to do? What's it going to cost me to be able to get this? Well, it'll cost you X amount of time. It'll cost you X amount of dollars. It'll cost you X amount of this or that. And that oftentimes in our society, that we recognize if you want to get something, you've got to work for it. You've got to earn it. I remember when I was in sixth grade, my dad said, from now on, if you want something, get a job and go earn it. Yes, sir. Went and got a paper out. 
and started learning how to work. But the salvation that God gives that is eternal, that provides us with the righteousness of God, that, that cleanses us from all sin, just like uh, Sister Quinlan sang just a little bit ago, that, that great salvation that we uh, find in Jesus Christ, listen, that's not something that we earn. It's not something that we work for. It's not something that God requires us to do anything other than to express and extend faith in God and repentance. Repentance towards God, the Bible says, and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. It's that simple. Do you know so many people miss the simple? No, it's not that easy. Yeah, it is. Brother Eric and I were freshmen in college back in 2000, a few years ago. It's going to say a long time ago, but it's a few years. <laughs> Just saying that makes me go, wow, has it really been that long? But I was a freshman in college when I came to know Christ as my Savior. And I'd grown up in church, grown up knowing what the truth was, so simple. And yet believing in my own mind, no, I've got it, I'm good enough. God, God will put my good works on one side, He'll put my bad works on the other. I, I'm a good enough kid. My parents are church going people. God will let me in. We'll work it out. And yet, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Amen. That's what the Bible says. See, it's so simple, but so often, as people, we can miss the simple. But it's not just about salvation. Salvation will deliver your soul from an eternity separated from God in hell and the lake of fire. Salvation will deliver your soul to forever be bound up in the bundle of life with God. Salvation will provide you with eternal life. Uh, it'll provide you with God's righteousness. It'll provide you with a home in heaven. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the imagination of the heart of men, the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him. I mean, it's better than you can even imagine. Amen. It really is. But it's against conventional wisdom. I want you to think about this. When God directs you in your life, there are things that God will ask you to do by way of service, by way of sanctification. God, God's going to deal with you about some sins in your life. He's going to talk to you about some different things in your life that as your pastor preaches and as the Word of God is ministered to you, God's going to talk to you. And sometimes here's what God's going to do. Seemingly, He's going to ask you to do something that is against conventional wisdom. And you say... God, why do, I, why do it that way? That doesn't make sense to me. On paper, it doesn't make sense. And yet God says, that's what I want you to give to missions. That's what I want you to give above your regular tithes and offerings for this special project that the church is doing. God, God will speak to you about stuff like that. And you'll say, well, God, it just it doesn't make sense. And God will say, I didn't ask you to figure it out. I asked you to obey. Obedience will bring victory. But, But here's the reality of the matter. It's not about your ability. 
It's about God's. And it's about God's ability being able to be demonstrated through our obedience. That these spies here, listen, Rahab providentially, God is going to work through Rahab to send them to a place of protection, a mountain, a place where they will be concealed, a place where they will be covered. Notice, for the period of three days. That it's intriguing to me that as Rahab sends them out and everything, that God tells us that they abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. Notice they had to learn to wait in a place that was different than what they expected. And notice there they hid themselves there to avoid detection But they had to wait for three days for the opportunity to return with an encouraging message for the people of God. They had something encouraging. They had something that would challenge and charge and excite the people. It would confirm some things in Joshua's heart. Uh, It would would be something that would uh, cause them to move forward according to the will of God. But they had to wait to be able to give it. You know, sometimes God asks you and me to wait. Sometimes we don't understand all of why. It just isn't the right time. It just isn't the right opportunity. It just isn't the right moment. God, I want to do it now. And God says, no, 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 there's a waiting period of time. There's some things that you need to be doing in the middle of that waiting period. So be doing those things. What do they have to be doing? Well, they had to be watching. I, I believe they had to know where those pursuers are. So that as three days went by, they were able to go, oh, well, they're back now. Okay, now we can go. But they had to keep their eye on the enemy and be aware of his movements. They had to make sure that they remained concealed. They couldn't just sit out on top with with a big umbrella and sip lemonade on the top of the mountain. No, No, they had to hide. And they had to do that because there was yet danger that they had to be aware of. That they had to, Their steps had to be circumspect. They had to walk not as fools but as wise. They had to redeem the time because the days were evil. That There, there was a, a necessity of a process and, and a waiting period that God would have them to go through. And they did that. And I want you to see there that there are times in our own lives where God will ask you and me, Wait. Yes, this is ultimately what you're going to do, but there's something in between now and then, and it's a waiting period. And it may seem like, Lord, I want to get there. I want to do that. I want to accomplish that. And God says, wait. Wait for that period of days. I hope that you'll be willing to wait upon the Lord. Wait for Him to open the doors. You know, sometimes we like to kick doors in. I think that's just fun. (laughs) Bam! And in we go. No, 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 no. Let God unlock the door. Let God open the door. Because when God clears the way, the way is clear. So trust Him and trust His timing and wait upon Him to be able to accomplish that which He wants you to accomplish. You know, there's a period in the protection where, listen, for the entire period, God protected them in that place. And God is able to protect you and I as well. He's able to provide for us. We see a preventing in the protection as well. 
record it for us is this, that they went and came into, unto the mountains and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. Notice this last statement here in, chapter, in verse 22 there. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. Okay. The pursuers pursued. If you're a pursuer, here's what you know. Our lives are on the line. Whatever information they gleaned cannot get back to Joshua and the Israelites. We have to stop them. They're spies. They're enemies of the state. And we've got to cease and desist. We've got to cause them to cease and desist. And notice there, I believe that their search was persistent. And I believe their search was passionate. I believe they were looking under every shrub, that they were looking uh, behind every rock along the way, that they were looking down in, in, the, in the creek beds, that they were looking down in the ditches on the sides of the road, that they were looking here and they were looking there, that they were fanning out, that they were systematically going through every single possible thought uh, and way that they possibly could have gone. And for three days, that's exactly what they did. They searched. The pursuers, the Bible says, pursued. I want you to see the protection and the preventing that took place. Because though they pursued, here's what God tells us, they didn't find him. I wonder why. Was it just that they overlooked them? Was it merely that they weren't as skilled as being seekers as, as others might have been? Maybe if we would have sent some different guards, they would have found them. No. You could have sent the entire city of Jericho out and they would not have found these men. Why? Because God was the one protecting them. And he was protecting them in a very specific place that they had gone to for a very specific period of time. He was watching over them and providing for them and meeting their need. And I want us to think about the ability of God in protecting his people, that is very encouraging. The Bible again says that they found them not. And I want us to think about the reality here that God shielded these spies that they were not discovered, that he hid them in the clefts of the rock, and the enemy was unsuccessful in apprehending them. And may I just say that if you and I will follow God's wisdom, we will know God's protection. God will take care of you if you will trust Him. God will protect you if you will learn to wait upon Him and if you will learn to follow Him. That it is God that provides the safety of the soul and it is God who provides safety for His servants. Jesus would say this way, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart. And Jesus says this, he says, And ye shall find rest unto your souls. What a blessing that it's God that gives rest to the soul. That that if you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, God wants to give rest to your soul. He wants you to know what it truly is to be at peace with God. It was November the 5th, 2000. 
I was not at peace with God until that day. I think about how God was dealing with me. He was working on my heart. He was, oh, my soul. We were sitting there in dorm devotions, sitting along the hallway there, that first floor. One of the young men gets up and says, I just want to let everybody know that I got saved tonight. And I tell you what, it was like a lightning rod just in my soul, just, oh. He's like, I now have peace with God. I know that God's spirit is in me. And I'm like, I don't know that. And I am convicted and I'm convinced and I'm troubled. Devotions get over with. I go to get up and go say, I need to talk with you. It's like everybody comes betwixt me and that young man. And I thought, never mind. I'll just go back to my room and pretend like nothing ever happened. Sat down, started doing my homework. Had a couple good friends, Keith Harris, David Van Vliet. They came in, and they're just goofy. <laughs> One of them is about to become a pastor today. That's pretty exciting. Um, but they just came in, they started flipping through a hymn book. They're like, man, you know that Josh Carter, he's not, he's not almost persuaded anymore. He's fully persuaded, isn't he? And I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Working on my homework. Then they turned to this song in the hymn book. I'd never heard this song before. It's called Why Not Now. It's the title. Like, hey, Ed, look at this. Flipped the book around, showed me the title. I was like, I can't take it. Tired of not being at peace in my soul. Dropped that pencil. It was a purple pencil. Got up, walked next door. Said, I need to know how to be saved. Trusted Christ as my Savior that night. And from that moment on, there's not only been peace between God and myself, but I've had peace of God in my soul. See, God is the one that gives peace for the soul because He's the one that provides protection for your soul. Have you trusted Christ today? If you haven't, today would be the day. Today should be the day. Don't wait another moment because here's the thought that was on my mind the night that I got saved. Uh, I truly believe that God was impressing upon my heart that if you don't deal with this today, I'll never speak to you again about the matter. I don't know about you, but we don't just come to God on our own terms. We come when He calls. And we come because He calls. We ought to come. He's calling to you today. You ought to come. Don't let another day go by. Don't let another moment. You don't have the promise of the rest of this day, let alone tomorrow. God gives you this moment. He gives you today. And now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. But let me say it this way. Servant of God, God's able to protect you where He sends you. Where he places you. Oh, God, I don't want to do that. Why? Because I think it's dangerous. Well, I'm so glad you think that. Am I not able? No, I want you to think about God is able to protect you in your public school. God is able to protect you on your job. God is able to protect you in that college or the university that he's placed you in. God is able to protect you in that vocation, in that neighborhood. God is able to protect you in the places that he brings you to. 
I think about different times. You know, when I was in college, I worked a bus route and uh, bus number nine, and we were out in Dell City. And I remember one particular occasion where I was just out and I was visiting a couple of my kids and we were kind of knocking some doors in that apartment complex. And there was like three or four guys just kind of hanging out by a car and they were drinking. And I was by myself. Like I had another guy that had gone around the corner and he was visiting some and we were trying to, because just a couple of us. And so we were trying to hit everything. And so I'm just, I'm by myself and I'm walking along. I've got the gum bucket and the, the kid papers and, and we're just walking along and stuff like that. And I walked past them, and I just heard some mutter, mutter, mutter. And I'm like, okay, Lord, just help me out here. I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just this lowly Bible college student. I'm broke anyway. I'm not even riding my own car here. And just, just thinking all these different things, Lord, the last thing I want is to get beat up on bus visitation. So I walk in, I visit some kids and everything. We leave, walking past them. And all of a sudden, this beer bottle comes whizzing right past me. I mean, it was like, <laughs> breaks right down like that. And I turned around, and this guy is, like, holding back his fellow. He's like, I was trying to hit that guy right there. And I just thought, I'm so glad that you're not in your right mind. Because I probably would have gotten hit. Probably could have gotten hit. And I want you to think about this. In that moment, I was scared. Because I'm like, there would be more with them than I see with me. And yet God was helping me to know, no, there are more with you than are with them. And here's what I'm doing. I'm protecting you as you obey me. Now, I'm not saying go out and look for somebody to throw a beer bottle at you. Okay? <laughs> but here's what I am saying. As God leads you and you follow the leadership of the Lord... Here's what you'll find. You'll find his protection. Because it's his ability that's encouraging. It's his strength that is perfect. And if you'll trust in that and trust in him, you'll find a protection that vastly exceeds anything else that's out there. So often we get scared to want to do something because we're afraid of what it might take or where it might bring us. Or if God's able, to, he is. The safest place that you could be is in the very center of God's will. So look for that. Endeavor to find that spot and stay there as long as God tells you to stay there. And then when God lets you know, okay, now it's time to go to the next step, then go to the next step. You know, they waited for three days till the pursuers were done pursuing and the pursuers returned back to the city. And then we're going to see that they descended down. Notice they had to wait on God's time and they had to wait on God's directing. And as they waited on God's time and in God's direction, we find there that God is going to bring them back now to their fellows, to their people. And we're going to see this feature here in our text where they're going to be able to pronounce something that was so very encouraging to God's people. The Bible tells us in verse number 23, so the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. Aren't we thankful when the pursuers give up pursuing? That's exactly what happened. And because of that awareness and the return to the city, they descend the mountain, they pass over, and now we see they take opportunity to tell Joshua all things, not just some things, 
but all things. See, they had a good conversation with Rahab. And they, they ascertained and they figured out the spirit and the climate and the attitude of Jericho because Jericho was going to be the first target. They're going to cross over that Jordan River. They're going to uh, enter into the promised land. God is going to give them specific instructions and directions for them uh, in that way. And what they would declare, it would encourage Joshua. You know, as a... As a I hate to say it. Well, let's say it this way. As a pastor, okay, just from my perspective and our our folks at Halstead Baptist Church, here's what I get. I get that they're God's people and that it's His church, but I also get that He's put a responsibility on my shoulders with respect to them. Sitting there thinking about this the other day, thinking about I'm going to give an account for them before God the one that knows everything. And God is going to require of me for them. I don't know about anybody else, but that kind of freaks me out. (laughs) The longer I think about it. Because there's a responsibility that's placed on your shoulders to follow the Lord and to feed His people, to lead His people, to take heed to His people, that that God places that responsibility on a man. I'm sure your pastor feels that every day. Even right now, while he's away preaching up in Indiana, he's thinking about you. And he's praying for you. Because he loves you. He cares about you. And he wants God's best for you. Can you think about the encouragement that would come to Joshua as these spies would relay the information they're about to relay? To help him to know, I'm not just doing my own thing, but God is confirming some things. Yes, this is of me. Yes, this is the first target on the other side. Yes, I am in this. What a blessing for him to be encouraged in that way to know, I haven't gotten this wrong. There there are times sometimes where, where as a pastor you question sometimes the things that you're doing. Lord, did, it, did I really hear from you? Is this really your will or, or did I miss it? Did I, was I just self-willed to do this? And, and then yet God confirms. Because sometimes things don't work ex- out exactly the way that you hope that they would when you do what you believe God wants you to do. Surprise of the day. Now, sometimes that happens and, and you're, you stand back and you, you ask yourself, Lord, did I get it right? Did I do it right? As a a believer, you find yourself there. You found yourself there. You did what you thought God wanted you to do, and they got mad at you. You obeyed like God wanted you to obey, and people mocked you. And you said, did I miss this? And yet, God, what does He want to do? He wants to confirm, no, you didn't. You're doing exactly what I asked you to do. And what does He do? He sends an encouraging message to remind you, stay the course, keep following in obedience after me, because what you're going to find is victory. We find here in our text that they came and they brought this message. The Bible says they told him all things that befell them, every aspect of that. And that would encourage Joshua, but here's what it would also do. It would encourage the people. Can you think back? and, And again, Joshua, he was there 40 years ago. 
that he remembers those ten bad spies that came back and said, hey, it's a great land, but we're not able. Joshua hears that message from these spies and says, this will encourage the people, and word spreads. How did it go? Oh man, I tell you what, they're scared because they know what God does. And they've seen what God can do. And they're shaken in their sandals, every last one of them. They are scared and they are fearful. And, and notice there, uh, it would encourage the people to say, yeah, because God's on our side. Because God's with us. And because God is able, notice it would declare, what they would declare would authenticate what God had already said and confirm God's working in the circumstances of their life. Everything of what God had said to Joshua and everything of what God had said to Moses and through Moses to the people, they would hear those things, they would remember those things, and they would be reminded, God can, God will, God is able. What a blessing. What, a, what an encouragement to them. I want you to see here that there's a chance for encouragement here in this. And the content, notice there, one of the great things that they had been sent to discover was the feelings of the Canaanites. And this is the greatest reason why Joshua and the people were able to be strong and of good courage, because God's word was being authenticated. We find, and they said unto Joshua, notice, truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land... For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. I want you to think about their mindset. Their mindset was, God can. Their mindset was, God will. Their mindset was as if God already did. Read the verse with me again. Truly the Lord might deliver... Into our hands. No, that's not what it says. Truly the Lord hath delivered. Do you, do you see the mindset here? It's a done deal. It's as if God's already done it. It's as if in the mind of God, it's already done. They're, they're already defeated. Their strength has departed from them, and we are well able to go up and possess it. Shades of 40 years ago in the words of Joshua himself and Caleb. Now notice there, they talked as if Jericho were already defeated and won. And they were right in saying so in light of whose ability was about to work on their behalf. And I just want to challenge you and I just want to encourage you that as God would fight for them, truly, according to God's word to Joshua, there would not be a man able to stand before him all the days of his life. God would provide the good success. God would provide uh, the battles and the victories to be won. And we see a very telling quality about the mindset of God's people with respect to God's purpose and God's plan. I wonder this morning if there is such a mindset among the people of God today regarding God's ability. I wonder if in your battle, your circumstance, and your situation that you remember and recognize God's able. If you're here today and you've got a battle that's it's, it's on the horizon, there's a struggle that you know, I've got to deal with this, I've got to face this, 
Can I just encourage you? Can I just be one of the spies here this morning and just say, we are well able to possess it. God is well able to take care of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That you can trust him, that you can depend upon him, that you can look to him, that you can obey him, that you can know that he'll be faithful that He'll not fail you, that He'll not forsake you, that He'll not relax towards you and, and say, you know, I, I was able to help uh, Brother Quinlan over here, but, but I'm not able to help you because uh, I just, I'm out of strength, I'm out of gas. No, no, bummer deal. No, God is able just with as much strength and wherewithal that He's able to help Brother Quinlan over here, He's able to help you. He's able to help, able to help each of you in your moment with your struggle regardless of what it is. Be encouraged in God's ability because God cannot, cannot, capital C and all caps on the rest, cannot. I just couldn't spell it, that's why. (laughs) What a blessing. Praise God that he is able to. But I want you to see one last thing, and that's the very telling quality concerning the mindset of the inhabitants of the land. You know what? You know what the inhabitants of the land feared? They feared God. And they feared the people of God that were walking in obedience to God. Listen to what he says. For even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Notice he says, they're scared. I'm scared to tell somebody about Jesus Christ, my Savior. Can I just tell you, the person you're trying to talk to is probably just as scared, if not more so, than you are. But they need to hear it just as much. And they need you to trust in God's ability to give them the gospel. You know, that person that you're trying to help, that individual that you're trying to encourage... That person that maybe is, they're getting a little cross or a little sideways with God and God wants you to come along and talk with them. Listen, they're probably just as scared as you are, if not more. Why? Because they know what God's capable of. And they know what God's able to do. And if you and I are walking with God the way that they ought to, here's what they ought to see. They ought to see God's power actively at work in our lives, just mowing down any opposition. Mowing down every obstacle showing himself strong, showing himself capable, showing himself able. And here's what it ought to do. It ought to affect who we are and how we walk with God ought to affect those around us. It ought to affect their mindset. It ought to affect their view of God. It ought to affect their thought about his ability, that who you are and how you walk with God, it ought to impact others around you. So that as you walk in obedience with God, here's what it does. It demonstrates to them again and again, God will not, cannot be defeated. And the best thing that we ought to do is we ought to yield and we ought to surrender. There's going to be a group of Gibeonites. They're going to travel about three days away from their house, pretend like they traveled miles and miles and weeks and months. They're going to bring moldy bread They're going to bring broken wine bottles. They're going to bring all this kind of stuff and say, man, we've come from a far country. We're tired. We've heard about you. And we want to make peace with you. Why? Because we know we can't fight against God.
You know what Rahab did? Rahab knew, I can't fight against God. So I'll just surrender to him. His ability is way too much for me. I wonder if we would just remember today, God's ability is far greater than any other ability. And do what? Number one, be encouraged. Be encouraged to look up and to look to him. Because our uplook affects our outlook. If we're looking in the right place, it'll help us to see everything else like it ought to be. And that'll affect how we live and what we do. Let me challenge you this morning. Just like you enjoy and you appreciate somebody coming along and encouraging you, God wants you to be encouraged as to who he is and what he's able to do. And because of that, because of the encouragement that you and I can find in God's ability, trust God's ability. Trust his ability. Be willing to rise from where you're at and be willing to walk in obedience to what God wills because his ability is able to bring the victory. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning.